Salutation Shades, and welcome back to your one-stop shop for all things strange and unusual, talking with shadows. The conversation everyone has, but no one wants to admit to. Here with your host, Vic Waitley. And a very excited Marcus D. And I want to give a quick shout-out to my good buddy, Adam, the one who supplied us with one of our extra mics, and as well as a good guy that I talk to a lot in uh, our business networking group that I'm a part of. So big shout-out to you, good buddy. It was funny, the other day he was texting me because he recently started listening to the podcast, and he asked me, hey, have you guys ever done Cicada 3301? <laughs> and I was like, you know, it's the same reason as to why we really don't get into Anonymous. Uh, we're scared of <laughs> <laughs> like, It's like, if you say anything... I mean, that's not incorrect. Yeah, it's like, you know, I absolutely love paranormal stuff involving the digital world like in the digital age and cicada 3301 is definitely one of those that cool hacker group that did like this cool um challenge that they that they had for people that they had well, they're a think tank not well, a hacker group well uh, oh yeah sorry an electronic a think tank they put out this cool like digital uh, challenge for people and uh yeah i i, I just uh We've talked uh, about them twice now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've talked. We've never done a full episode because, I mean, like I said, I don't want to say anything mean and then, then, you know, hack us and take the channel. Like, you know, pretty sure that we've got a man in black probably watching us somewhere, uh, watching the channel. I don't want to add them to the mix, too. But uh, big hey, that's viewership, man. That's I viewership. know that's I know that's viewership. Did we ever say I can't remember what was the name that we gave to them to the man in black that we Greg, Greg I think it was Steve. Maybe I, th- I don't I don't I think know. Was, if anybody can remember, put it down. Big shout out to him. Too, by the way, hope 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 you're doing well. Hope, thank you all for supporting the channel and helping to to fund <laughs> it, to fund his incomes. Shout out to to Greg's family. So <clears throat> uh, today, uh, Vic got us a classic. He got us an oldie. He got us some cider boys. Oh, I love cider boys for to drink today. So I'm super excited. Uh, this channel was built on uh, cider boys and hard ciders for some of our first steps. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm cracking We've been, we've been I'm drinking cracking. these for a while. And I actually really like Cider Boys. Like Some cider. people say they're too sweet. I like Cider Boys. But, like, I kind of think they're just right. Mm. Mm. For some reason, I was struggling with, I was, the, with, the, with the cap You there. were struggling with a twisty? <laughs> it was on, like, extra tight or something. Mm. Just an update for you guys on how the studio is going. We now have outlets on all the walls where before we only had a handful of outlets. <laughs> We've started getting into some of the decorations going. It's looking pretty good. I'll I probably know. put a uh, picture on the Discord. Th- yeah. Things are things are going nice and slow. It's uh, the studio is no look no longer looking like uh, we are shooting Saw Seven. <laughs> like, like we're in other really productions of that, so it's coming along pretty good. So, and tomorrow we're hoping to go and get some uh, some new mics ordered as well, so that way we can get some people here into the studio as well. Yeah, you're, we're waiting to get Ricky Bruckman back. I was talking to him a few days ago over some Indian food, and uh, he was talking about when to come back on. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I'd love to have you back on, man. So so cool. So you know. It's so interesting. If you've ever really, if you're a huge fan of the paranormal, you always know that weird fear sometimes of talking with some people about, like, like the paranormal, making them think you're weird. Like, sometimes, like, we all, all we all have this. It was so funny. I was driving 
to the comedy caravan yesterday because I was the host for the weekend and I was riding with this new guy here from Evansville who's in the scene that was gonna that was gonna open after me. And he's a he's a mailman. He's, he works for the post office here in Evansville. And we've like slowly we're like probing each other for how much we like of the paranormal. And then he's like, Oh yeah, I've seen tons of stuff down there. <laughs> you know, down in Dogtown and weird floating yellow eyes. Wait, 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 wait. Dogtown, you yes, say. I know. Yeah, he said that he had to go down there, that he had to cover that mail route uh, a lot while he was down there. So I was telling him all about the some of the paranormal stuff that's that's down there in that part of town. And he was like, he didn't even know, but he was like that explains a lot about as to why it's so creepy down there. And he was telling me this cool story about floating yellow eyes. So I'm hoping we can get him into the into the into the studio to get some of the stories that he's seen. Because I imagine that mail carriers that have to ride out in some of the more like rural parts of communities probably see some really weird paranormal stuff. Sounds like we've got some cool interviews coming, which, oh. which we've been a little dry on interviews lately. I know, I know. Well, again, it's the studio kind of looking like you know. Yeah. A death trap. Uh but, but, but it's looking much nicer. And also like with the upgrades we're doing, by it, it sucks now, but by the end it's gonna be so much better. Well, it's also like less embarrassing to invite people over because now we actually have like professional mics and we're not all like four of us huddled around like one Yeti mic that we're oh my goodness. Also, to. guys, you don't know how small our old our old studio was. It was tight. Yeah, it it was. was like like three people could not easily get in there. Whenever we had guests, we had to record elsewhere. And we're we're some big people. <laughs> we're, we're, we're some big people. We're we're not we're not sh- we're not short. Okay, so there's 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 a lot of podcasters that's got to fit into that room. So uh, this is this is much better for us. So super excited. I think guests for tuning in today. We've got a really really cool episode. Oh, it comments. Yeah, we're going over the comments from our last episode where we did the Corfu Island. Uh, monster, which was really, really, really cool story uh, from the early 2000s about a guy that spotted this like marine esque animal, got a photo of it, and went viral on Twitter. I uh, personally think, legitimately, the most underrated cryptid sighting oh, abso- of the modern age. Absolutely, uh, definitely go check out that episode. We appreciate it so much. Comments for that episode. Uh, Barbara Contanalo, patron, thank you so much, super supporter, my uh, family back there. Said, I would like to ask why you guys did not bring up temperature of the ocean now. How many degrees warmer is it in Corfu now? I tried to research it. Oh, no one is, oh, oh my, no one is talking. She sounds so much like me when I post on stuff. <laughs> I, I know where I get this now. That we, I, I literally comment the same exact way. Perhaps as the earth warms, the deeper creatures are trying to adapt. This may be the first creature, first of many creatures being seen. The Hook Island one looks to me like a basking shark wrapped in a tarp from a cargo ship. Just my thoughts. I could potentially see that. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why we didn't get into that particular thing is, well, not going to lie, I had so much to talk about as far as the Corfu Island monster that, like, I just didn't think we could fit in with the other stuff. But that's a really good catch and makes so much sense. Absolutely. I mean, change, changing water temperatures has definitely affected a lot of marine life and some of their habitats. I want to say that there was something to do with great white shark hab- like migrations because of changing ocean temperatures and one of the things that it was saying i swear i was watching something on animal planet the other day uh like about that and that could be something that we could be saying we could be seeing changing water temperatures and that's what's bringing them up uh from the depths and that's why we may be running into some more of the we may be seeing some uh, more of these later so well we probably wouldn't see rising water temperatures bring them up from deeper areas we'd see them migrating from southern to northern areas oh uh, we, yeah we from from one location to another location huh, interesting 
Are you saying that we might see the Corfu Island monster off the co- off the coast of America now? I mean, it's it's not impossible, but I would be a little surprised because there's kind of a whole Atlantic Ocean. Like maybe they're also you know here, but like we just haven't gotten sightings of them yet. I, I don't know. Okay. Uh, the next comment, which I want to bring up, I can't give the person credit because it's written in an Asian language, and I, and I, so I can't I can't even attempt to pronounce it because it's written in Asian characters. But uh, the person said, "I really do not want to be an asshole here, guys, but it's clearly a boat bumper." It is not clearly a boat bumper. Hang on, the discrepancies are outweighed by the similarities. It's probably warp bent due to water refraction. Okay. Everyone, think, first, thank you for commenting. Yeah, thank you for commenting. But I'm also going to straight disagree with you. It, it would have to be warped in a really extreme way, and it would have to be warped in ways that don't really make much sense. Uh, also, if it's old enough in there where it's getting warped, it's also getting battered by salt water as well as sunlight, where it should be seen cracking at that point instead of, uh, instead of like just bending and reshaping. Also, like, for it to bend in just that such a way, I think it's unlikely. But I, I will give you this much. I will give you this much. You have the more popular opinion than me because so much of the world is very convinced that it's a boat bumper. I just do not buy it. Now, I have. Uh, the, they did post. You can go to the comments, and they did post a, a image for the side-by-side comparison. And I've, seen this, and I've seen this image before. The question that I have about the boat bumper is every time that I've seen one of these comparisons – the boat bumper is always white, and the Corfu Island creature is gray. Like, every single time. You think that if it was just easily like a boat bumper, that people would be doing a side-by-side comparison of a gray boat bumper, which you really don't see that color of boat bumper anyway. Um, I've so. seen them in a lot of different colors, and they, they do come in a lot of other shapes, I'm but sure. none of them really, like, the one that you always see is the one that looks the most like the Corfu Island creature. Well, they're, they're usually white. You know, they're usually white, Yeah, you know, uh, for that like just for color and so to me i have a hard time i have a hard time just believing that it's a boat bumper and also too if you look at the corfu island like if you look at that photo where they're stacked up like the one that you were providing look at the neck look at the neck it is clearly bent in and those are fat folds on the corfu island mont creature like that is something that i that i bring up as compared to the boat bumper which are these like long linear things that are in there and you can just see that it's it's not it's bending like a head's moving, not like the not like something like on a boat bumper, which just has grooves. But I, I will tell you, you, you do have the most of the internet's consensus. I am the outlier on this one. How <laughs> dare you call us that? No, I, we appreciate it so much. Yeah, no, I I, I actually do Anytime. like the argument. We will all wait. We we do not filter out our comments, and so we will bring them all up. Now, Laughing Fox brought up an interesting comment, and I did not have an answer for this because I really wanted to get to this. But I want to get your thoughts on this, Vic. Uh, while you guys are out there, please look into this thing about leaving a can of beans for the Mothman. I don't know if this is a meme or something, but I cannot find an explanation anywhere. As the one who fancies themselves as a cryptozoologist and a, a memeologist, which I love that phrase, I cannot abide this gap in my knowledge. I I have not heard of this. Is this like cookies for Santa? I why would the Mothman want beans? I don't know. I don't really like, like beans. Are they uh, bushes baked beans? I kind of like lentils, but I'm not sure if those are actually beans. Like I want you to like look this up right now. Roll that beautiful bean footage. Like I just, 
I'm curious as to maybe it's a luck thing. Do you, I think aren't aren't lentils supposed to be lucky? Is that a thing? I I not that I know. I this is my guess pre looking into this. This is pre looking into this, and I will. But this is my guess going in. Y'all tell me if I'm wrong. I swear there is something to do with lentils and luck. And the in the in the in the Mothman typically brings bad luck and misfortune, like any wing encrypted humanoid. That is my guess. I that's I, my guess. My guess is that it's just a weird meme, but I we'll look we'll look into it. That we'll is look the, into it. But I mean, I think I'm right, but that's but I'll, but we'll but we will look into it. All right, uh, that's all the comments that we're gonna do for today. Thank you guys so much. As always, comment and we will we go over the good, the bad, and the ugly. So okay, so for today's episode, I wanted to give this in this last episode, but I really wanted to give this much more breath to talk about this. Uh, our theme for this month is underwater paranormal phenomenon and i love playing with uh the theme of the month and i i was researching something and then just i stumbled upon the story and i really thought that it was going to be interesting the stroudsburg rain man it's underwater you are really stretching uh, underwater. it is it is we when it rains you are under the water rains come from the sky sir i'm uh, true <laughs> But okay, I, I'm you got me. I'm interested. I'm curious about this one. It counts. <laughs> okay, okay, it counts. It counts. Everyone, just smile and nod and accept this is what we're talking about today. <laughs> like I was like one of those kids that was in school that would like just do like just technicalities. And it, here's be, your gold star. Yeah, it would be like they would teacher would write put your put your answer here, and I would just write your answer, being like that's what you said. It counts like I'm that I'm that kind of kid. Oh my god, you were such a little shit. I am a little shit. <laughs> That's what I tell people. I'll be on a technicality. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> so the Strasbourg uh, Rainman was a case that I I was familiar with, I was familiar with, and I because but we don't talk a whole lot about demonic possession stories on the channel. Um, and I and I really wanted and I really wanted to bring this up, especially since it was on on theme. So this takes place in late February, around like February 24th, like late 20s, over the course of three days in 1983. And this is really, really popular. If you listen to this, if you're 30 plus, ask your parents. They probably remember this story on Unsolved Mysteries because it was one of the more popular things back in the, back in the day. So this story centers around a guy named Don Decker. He's the, he's the person involved in the story. And Don was apparently, I love how this is, in the story, he was in jail for receiving stolen property. And every single time I've ever seen this, they always sort of like try to downplay the fact that he was a criminal. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> he was in jail for like a minor infraction. We're just saying, we're just going to gloss over this. But he, was, he was in jail. <laughs> we're going to say it. And uh, his grandfather, uh, his, his grandfather, James Kishaw, had passed away. And so apparently, and I didn't even realize this was a thing, they let him out of the county jail to go to the funeral. Is this is this still a thing? Yeah, I I believe this is still a thing. Yeah, like he gets a furlough from jail to I go out. You have to be a nonviolent offender, but yeah. I believe you. I believe this is a thing. Yeah. So he was so he was serving a pretty good like month like lengthy like four to ten month sentence uh, for for stealing goods, but he gets out because his grandfather passed away, uh, and he goes to the and he goes to the funeral. Now, one of the things that people did not talk about that didn't know about Don Decker and his grandfather was apparently that his grandfather had been really, really abusive to him. And he goes to, and this really wasn't talked about for the family. So if you've ever been to a funeral, typically it's the, I mean, they're, it's, they're, they're, 
they're typically you're showing the person's yeah, life in the yeah. best light you can. Yeah, it's a celebr it's a celebration of life. That's yeah. why they call it that. And if you're not a huge fan of this person or if they've done really mean things to you, it just kind of ticks you off. Uh, so Don got upset by all of this. So instead of going back with his parents, he decided to stay the night with his friends Bob and Gene Kiefer. Uh, or, yeah, Kiefer. And so one of the things that happened in the very first night that he was there was that while he was there with Bob and Gene, he starts getting upset and he goes into this bizarre trance-like state. Just out of nowhere because, you know, most you know, uh, adult men in the 1980s in Pennsylvania and America go into deep trances. And while he's in this trance, water starts dripping from the ceiling. Uh, and it's just out of, like, just out of nowhere. And it freaks them out as to, like, the water coming out. One of the weird things about the water is you would think, well, maybe there was a leak. But one of the things they describe about the direction of the water was that it was going horizontally across the walls yeah uh a detail that so many people leave out of this story when they try to debunk it just saying uh so the water starts going like across that way and some water's dripping down too but there's a lot of water that's literally just going sideways uh so the the keepers freak out if it's raining sideways yes that that is the appropriate (laughs) reaction you know like you know, like they're in, a, like they're like they're in a like they they're they're on the set of like a you know an effed up Purple Rain music video or something like Prince's Purple Rain video, and they decide because they think that something may have gone wrong, they call their landlord. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah, raining sideways in my house. Call the landlord. Yeah. So I, I and I love that they call they call their landlord because you know they have what they have what I call uh, renters confidence. <laughs> you know, you know, renters confidence is something like like if you're renting a property and something breaks, what do you do? You call that sob landlord up, be like, "Come fix this right now!" Like but when you own a home, you realize you're that sob and you just let shit go. <laughs> so they call uh they call their they call the landlord. Okay, wait. Before we get into the landlord, sure, sure. I, I've got a quick question. Is there any more detail on this trance state he enters that seems to predicate this encounter? He goes into it a little later. Like, he has some other instances that with the the trance state. But they don't give a whole bunch of details other than, like, eyes rolling in the back of his head, um, becoming unresponsive. I've never heard anything else other than this trance-like state that he goes into. And are there any details on what they were doing right before he entered the trance-like state? Um, I don't think that I, I saw anything of what they particularly were doing. Um, I think that they were probably just decompressing. So I, I know that they hadn't eaten mm-hmm. because this is the next part of the story is they eventually leave the house to actually okay, okay. go eat. But so, please continue. Oh, sorry. sorry, sorry I, this sorry, is sorry. a really interesting story. Okay. So they, so what happens is, is they call the, the landlord comes over and he's trying to, and again, this is a, and he's trying to investigate whether or not there's some sort of a leak. And he can't, he can't find any evidence of this, okay? Uh, he can't find any evidence of this. They can't see any evidence of plumbing, of plumbing problems or anything. So by the time the landlord gets here, had the phenomena stopped? Uh, no. Okay. So he goes there. So the next thing that happens after the landlord is what the landlord chooses to do. He calls his wife and he calls the cops <laughs> to show up to the house because he thinks so. Cause, you know, because he's got to protect his investment. <laughs> you know, maybe he was called as a concerned citizen. So he calls the cops, and when 
and this is an and and so they call the cops and the cops get there and when the cops show up the cops are the ones they also witness the water moving horizontally across the walls that that goes so much it goes from one room to another room like in that sort of in that sort of route like it's not like it's just going across the wall and then just stops and falls no it's moving around a corner to another area like it's going across like that much Okay, so so it's engaging in impossible yes, movement. Yeah, like point. weird behavior. And so they eventually like the cops leave. And so I think to just de-stress, the next thing that happens is Don and his and the Kiefers, they leave and they go across the street to this like pizzeria place. That's that's across the street. And while after they leave, the landlord stays. When Don leaves, the rain stops. So the, the the phenomenon actually ends whenever they actually end up leaving. Now, they go across the street, and they go across to the, to the pizzeria, which is owned by a lady named Pam Scrofano. And she had seen, apparently, she had came over, and she had seen the rain, too, while this was going on, and, and invited, invited, them, invited them over there. And this is kind of when the whole idea of possibly some sort of demonic possession Okay, before we move on, out. Okay. got a question. Sure. At what point does he come out of his trance? He comes out of his trance when the cops get there. By the time the okay. cops get there, because if you watch up at, like interviews with the cops, or if you watch them talking, they're interacting with Don. Okay. So he goes in this trance, but he doesn't stay in it forever. And so they're at there. They're at the pizzeria. Don and Don and the lady and the, and the cops have left. They went back to the station. And, the, and Don and the Kiefers are there, and Ron's still at the, at the house trying to see if there's some sort of a, the landlord's there trying to see if there's some sort of a plumbing problem. So while they're at the restaurant, Pam, the restaurant owner, decides that she is going to get, uh, that the, this is a demonic possession. While she is accusing him of this, it starts raining at the pizzeria. And they start seeing okay. water coming down from the ceiling there. Yeah. And obviously, now... Pam, the, the restaurant owner, is freaking out, and she runs over and grabs a crucifix and runs it over and puts it in Don's hands, and it starts to burn Don. He's complaining that it's burning and starts burning his flesh while she puts the crucifix in his hand. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so she. This is when it, this is when Pam, the restaurant owner and, and friends of the keeper, says. Okay, they are absolutely convinced there's some sort of demonic phenomenon to like you have to get an exorcism performed on somebody. And so the Don and the Keepers leave the restaurant. And when they leave the restaurant, the rain stops at the restaurant. Okay. Yeah. Now now that we have two two examples so far, I, I think I'm starting to potentially see a pattern. And right. I'm gonna throw this out to see. I want to see if this sure. remains consistent. It seems like it may be stress induced. Because, oh, yeah. I mean, in the first situation, he's probably sitting there seething. And then in the second one, it's right after an accusation. So I'm now wondering if it's going to be, if that's going to be a trend we see. Speaking of trends uh, induced by uh, stress, <clears throat> Don and the Keepers return back home where mm-hmm. the landlord and his wife. Uh, are uh, Romaine are trying to figure out if there's some sort of a plumbing problem. Now, Ron's freaked out. Landlord's freaked out. Landlord's wife is like, I'm calling bunk. I'm done. This is all <laughs> something. 
you caused this. Cause, and she just starts laying into Don. And while she starts laying into Don, all of a sudden from the kitchen, they start hearing pots and pans start rattling and shaking and making noise. And everybody's like, what is this? And right after this hap- right after this happens, uh, Don starts levitating off the ground and her- gets hurled backwards. Like how far? <laughs> uh, pretty far into a wall. Yeah. It's a big day. That's just day, and that's day one. Okay. <laughs> so she, he comes in, he starts getting accused. There's some strange movement at a yeah. distance, and then he lifts up and is just boomed into a wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this guy's having a hell of a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so at the end of day one, <laughs> the cops went back and they talked to the chief, and the chief, and they, and the chief, huge skeptic. He's calling bunk. Um. And he comes back to the cops, and although, for the record, there's no actual police report from the time that they go out. Now, keep in mind, remember, this is the 1980s, so documentation necessarily isn't that great. But this is still uh, the, Also, like, probably the cops were worried about right. writing this report. Yeah, yeah, who's going to write that stuff down? Um, all right, so, but the chief can't let this go. So now we moved on to day two. So on day two, the chief tells the cops they got to go back to the house to try to figure out what's going on at the house. And at this point, for some, because again we're in rural Pennsylvania, one what they decide to do is their own weird experiment, and they try to put a cross in Don's hand. So when they put it in Don's hand, it starts. It doesn't. It doesn't let it burn him. It just starts getting really, really hot. And when he hands it back to the cop, the cop complained that it was warm in his hands too. Like it heats up. Like it heated up. Okay. okay. And then again, right in front of the cops, the rain appears again, and then Don levitates off the ground again and is hurled back in front of the cops. Okay. Uh, I'm starting to form another theory. Yeah. I, I've been thinking for a while, this kind of sounds like oh, PK. And before you get into that. Okay, sorry. Last detail before day three. When he gets thrown back, at this point they notice that he's got three claw marks on his neck. And he's got blood dripping from his neck. Yeah. And that's day two. Okay, okay. One of, my, one of my thoughts that I've been kind of teasing around with is this kind of sounds like PK. It sounds like some form of psychic phenomena, potentially. Oh, yeah. In, in that sort of way that, you know, um, possession cases are often um, lumped in with uh, potential psychic phenomena and things like that. Um, but there are, like, some outliers here. Okay. The pots and pans rattling, the levitating, that sounds somewhat consistent. Like, PK summoning rain, well, we have talked about weather phenomena with it, but uh, I don't know if I can justify sideways rain in this case. Is this the part we want to, like, I I can talk a little bit about some of the skeptical arguments that people try to make about the rain. For what caused it? Oh, I would love to hear some we, of this. We can we can put one of these in now. Okay. So one of the most common explanations that people cite for the rain phenomenon, like at the pizzeria and eventually a little bit later back, because I'll get to a little bit more what happens at the jail with him in his house, is a concept called ice damming. So, again, remember this is February, right? It's kind mm-hmm. of, so it's cold outside. So ice, ice damming is a phenomenon in which ice is on a roof. It melts, sl- kind of like a glacier, slides down, refreezes. So water, like water's flowing down, and then that causes it to get inside the roof and get inside the house, to then cause rain dripping from the from the ceiling, and that might explain 
what was causing the rain to come down in the house and in the pizzeria. That's now still I'm gonna say a weird coincidence with timing. Yeah, I, I, you know the whole the whole idea, you know the whole thing of like also it going sideways. I don't know if water really goes sideways along a wall. It's kind of weird. I mean, uh, okay, if if we play super charitable, like super steel man, that argument. Right. I guess we could say the intermittent rainfall was oddly coincidental as far as the timing. And probably the times where he's thrown backwards were both situations where he'd be on effectively a slick floor and could possibly be like him falling. Yeah, but the thing. But you can't make any sort of justification to the burning from the cross. That's one of those things where, like, no matter how much we steel mend the argument, it doesn't justify that part. Well,. For for one, here's my critique of this particular argument that I've never heard anybody say about the whole ice damming thing, was that, again, the landlord was there. I have a hard time believing that a landlord of a rental property is not familiar with the concept of ice damming in, in, in Pennsylvania. Like, like these sorts of things happening. Like, you understand the risks, typically. So, I'm going to give the landlord the benefit of the doubt that they would understand that concept, and he just couldn't give an explanation for causing that and truthfully it never comes out later because if again if this is ice damming that causes damage that's not going to go away and it never comes out later that they discovered that the kefirs had damage from water like from from the roof that would have came out later um the whole thing with the cross burning thing i have my so i i'm I'm a huge fan of, uh, I know Vic's not, of spontaneous human combustion. And I love, well, I don't love, I mean, I'm very, I've always been fascinated with those particular stories. I don't hate them. I mean, just well, not I, the most interesting of the paranormal hang on. to me. I, well, when you start looking at some, like, Eastern explanations of it, it's because there's this concept of, like, a chi imbalance, and this might start causing people to, you can get such an imbalance that you can actually start heating up, and, there, and that can cause combustion. But there's whole practices like within Buddhist meditation called Tumo that allows you to mm-hmm. raise your body's temperature. Tumo is insanely fascinating. That's what I'm saying. I haven't looked into yeah. it. It's really interesting. So if you, if you look at that, like you have the ability of learning how to do that. Now, if a person goes into a deep like trance. And you do in, you do begin to yeah, with meditation. That's what I'm saying. You know, like I think that it's possible for a person possibly to accidentally stumble upon a phenomenon like that. Like, I'm not saying it'd be common, but I think that it's possible that something like that could happen. Now, that's a pretty far stretch. I'm just trying to introduce a different theory as to that. That's really what I'm doing with this. If you're really tr- interesting. I mean, if you're trying to go that far, like, if you're trying to go that far, um, with trying to give some kind of an explanation as to what could be causing him to be heating up. Because, well, again... Here, here's one Here's one well, potential issue, though. Tumo requires a lot of training. Like, you, you don't generally spontaneously, um, like, utilize Tumo. It, it's mm-hmm. something where, through a practice of meditation, you're actively um, causing your body to heat up. Right. But also, I think that if you if you believed that you genuinely were demonically possessed that I think that this might cause, like, an intense amount of trauma with somebody that they might... I mean, we, we can manifest the weirdest uh, things know, with our body. Weird, it, yeah. it is, that is true, that we can cause the weirdest stuff to manifest within us. Yeah. I, I... And I... I have a hard time believing when you look at some of these really intense possession stories that they didn't see some issues ahead of time, that there weren't some concerns 
before that, like some some precursors. Like you don't go from zero to a hundred. Like I like in most cases, like the exorcism of Latoya Almonds. Like that's another episode that we did. Yeah, there was there was tons of other phenomenon that was going on prior to the incidences of them ending up at the hot, like ending up at the hospital or the cops showing up. So there was some telltale signs way before that. So thinking about that in like with somebody like Don Decker that's had a trauma in his past for a very long time and seems to be a troubled guy. I would believe that he's probably had some phenomenon going on before that, that maybe he just denied away in his head. That's my guess. Um, I think quite possible. I think guy was making some bad decisions. Right, right. Um, so, uh, do we go into day three? Yes. So, day three comes around. Uh, and so, this is when him and the Kiefer's are trying to call around because they're like, oh, crap. There's a, they believe that there was a demonic possession going on. And so, they start calling around trying to get uh, pastors to come over and preachers to come over to do an exorcism. Well, if you've ever, uh, like most possession cases, they, uh, they got turned down. By, yeah, like, yeah. by like a ton, like a ton of people. Um, by yeah. by this point, you said this was in what nineteen eighty two, eighty three, eighty three. By this point, I believe there have been several famous um, possession cases go poorly, where like the person right. who was possessed ended up being harmed through the process of uh, the right. exorcism. Yeah. So, but they do find somebody that's willing to come over. Now, it's not a Catholic priest. This is just I'm, I'm assuming some sort of like from Protestantism that comes over to do an exorcism. And this person begins praying over. I believe it's a woman. Don't hold me to that. I'm particularly, but I believe that it was a woman. She comes over and she begins praying for Don. And while she's praying for Don, he begins to convulse violently, and like reported like terrible feelings, ominous feelings. And then the rain starts up again. But by the end of the prayer, one time the rain stops, and he stops and he stops having problems. And then all the manifestations in the house. They don't have any more phenomena in the house. Now, after this, Lady goes home. Don, we go back to the beginning story, has to go back to jail. <laughs> yep. So he's got to go pay the piper for that. And so now he's at the jail. And while he's in the jail, the rain starts happening in his jail cell. <laughs> so much so that it causes his cellmate to get drenched in rain. Uh, witnessed by guards, janitors, tons of people freaking out the other prisoners during this during this incident. Okay, during these predicating or not predicating, uh, in these follow up events that occur, are people still reporting seeing the rain go sideways, or was that just a staple of the first report? First report. Okay. First report. There's no instance that I've ever seen of it going sideways when it goes to the jail, but there's other incidences at the jail that are a little weird. So. Uh, the lieutenant warden of the time um, starts getting involved. And at this point, Don starts feeling like he can control. This is a weird detail, too. Don starts feeling like he can control the rain now. Okay. Like he's been, like, which is really weird for possession stories, by the way, now. This is a this is one of those weird little details that, that people often overlook. Because it's not like in most possession stories, people are like, that they that they can do this at will. Like Don starts believing he can control summoning the rain. Uh, so one of the guards puts a challenge to Don and says, "Oh yeah, make it rain in the warden's office." And then he does. 
<laughs> Don starts concentrating. And the next thing that happens, Don starts, uh, like, water stains just start appearing on the ward, like, like on the uh, on the front of the warden's uh, shirt. Yeah. And wait, wait, did it rain or did like water scenes just appear on? They him? just appeared on his shirt. Okay. Yeah. So now the jail's freaked out. So now the jail decides that they're going to call a reverend in to talk to Don. So a reverend goes in, and this is interesting. So the reverend goes in and starts praying for Don and has some sort of this is like a scene from like the scene from The Exorcist, where like he goes in by himself there's this stench of death that comes from the jail cell that's pretty that's reported by the by the guards and the reverend uh he begins praying for don and when he's done with the ceremony the rain just stops and it's never and it never happens again okay so that's like the conclusive end to the um the strange phenomena yes and that is the story of Don Decker. Okay. The, one of the first things I want to talk about here is... Um, I love that at the very beginning of this. Vic was like, do you think that this this whole thing is going to take up a good part of the episode? I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Told you. Okay. Um, although rare, I have heard of hydrokinesis. Um, basically the ability to control water, control rain, things like that. Um, the most common application that I see is somewhat among energy workers who do the thing where it's like, I'm going to focus on this bowl of water and the water is going to spin. Um, I truthfully, most of it has shaky camera work that makes me think like there's some like shady stuff going on with it, but it's not like hydrokinesis is totally unheard of. Um, Although I, I couldn't ju- really justify it. I mean, I know there's always water molecules in the air that one can utilize. And uh, another possibility is, uh, if it's not for the last case, I would actually almost guess that this could still be a form of odd pyrokinesis. Mm-hmm. With, like, we are talking about there's snowfall in the area. One of the times when I was working at the hospital, uh, the the ceiling just erupted with water because it had stored up so much snow up there, and then it got warm enough, causing the water to flood in and overwhelm mm-hmm. the normal drainage. Um, so if it it could still be a form of pyrokinesis being just very uncontrolled, where he's heating up the area around him and causing a water flood, although does not justify coming in sideways. I, and I mm-hmm. or water just mysteriously appearing on the warden's shirt. Well, I, my thought was, like, maybe sweat, but then the warden would be talking about him feeling extremely hot. Well, another thing, too, that it might have been, that if you, like, maybe the warden fell asleep in his office. <laughs> the water just dripped from the ceiling. And he's like, and he doesn't want to mean he fell asleep. He goes, no, no, it was it was, it was mysterious. It was a demonic possession. That was, that was what causes. Or they barge in to see if he was ringing the warden's office. The warden is, like, males lactate sometimes and often feel a certain degree of shame about that. Maybe he's a lactating male. That does happen. I could imagine a man in the 80s, pro- I mean, I can imagine a male now, not wanting to be, like, proudly being like, yes, I lactate. Like, <laughs> like that's, I think we'll be like, no, we're just going to go with demonic possession. <laughs> they, 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 they barge in without him knowing, because ahead of time he would have changed his shirt, and they yeah. barge in without him realizing they're coming in, and he has, like, the little the little drippies on his shirt, and they're like, oh, goodness, it worked. He's like, oh, my, how did that get there? 
was, there was there was ghosts. There was there was demons. There was there was, there was demonic possessions. But I, I would also say, yeah, we're going into some what I would call highly unlikely territory where we're relying on a series of extremely strange coincidences to line up to justify this. I'm a little torn if I think that this is PK or demonic possession. Because um, a lot of this, we can relate to psychic phenomena in a somewhat tangential way. Um, so, we also know the mind can manifest wounds if you believe it's strong enough and you like, have the right psychology. Like One of the things that I think that, and this is something that, I, that I'm, I'm going to make a possible hypothesis that I think the term... That a lot of times demonic possession occurs around people that have had very, very traumatic events. Mm -hmm. Okay. And a lot of times when people talk about um, Don Decker and his early interactions with his grandfather, he talked about that he was being physically abused. And this is literally just the beginning of any video that you ever do research on this. Okay. Don Decker is later arrested in 2012 for arson. So he starts playing with fire. Fire starting is is actually more, is is pretty common. Um, um, sign in kids that have been sexually abused so i think maybe there may have been more tra more trauma that don may not have been letting out at the beginning of this which i think might also be explaining about why that he was more upset about people trying to celebrate his life yeah that i don't want to throw that out there but i'm like it's just that that would make a lot of sense because especially sexual abuse is one of the ones that like if you do not right. find a powerful way to cope with those emotions right will manifest in strange ways and cause trouble throughout the course of your life. Right. And in, okay. usually in insanely toxic ways. Right. But the thing is, like, I, I can see this applied to both. It could oh, yeah. either oh, be yeah. a, oh, yeah. he was caught in a very weak point by a maleficent spiritual being who then engaged in a case of possession, or he's someone who is always was a psychoactive person and then put in a case of incredible stress, causing it to, to uh, manifest... And in the conclusion of it, it could be the preacher uh, was able to drive it out or the preacher was able to sue them enough that it went dormant again. Mm -hmm. Because I, we don't have all these these predicating tales of like odd psychoactivity through the course of his life. Right. So it's probably saying that really would only raise its head during the most extreme circumstances. Right. Um, I'm... I'm also thinking, like, there are several spiritual entities associated with water, rain. I and mean, it's not that common in, like, Pennsylvania folklore to what I know of. Like, they have a lot of beliefs in, like, haints and things like that. But, like, I know that there is in Africa, South America, Central America, a lot of beliefs of uh, rain demons and uh, demonic entities that can cause rain. And this isn't the only possession case I've heard associated with strange weather phenomena it's rare it's not like something that's reported real often with possession cases but it is mentioned from time to time but i think this is probably the most famous one but what, what what's your you you do your thoughts on this case first I, i'm still composing mine i mean i'm always if, if anytime that we've ever done a story involving demonic possession i've always talked that i think that i'm always leery of a one and done exorcism mm-hmm you know, I came up from a very Catholic upbringing, so a lot of a lot of what I've seen, like with Catholic Catholic exorcisms, they take a very, very long time. You know, and again, you're dealing with entities that have existed since for eternity before time was even a concept. So I'm like, if you're an entity that's that smart, all you have to do is stop. People just think it goes away. 
you know, and now you're dealing with an individual that just thinks they can control it. How many times have people like, like a scary individual that would imagine the scary individual that would think maybe I'm demonically possessed, but now I have the ability to control said thing. And I'm like, I, I have a strong hunch that I don't think that it was successful, especially when you're looking at some of the later issues that Don Decker eventually fell into. Like, isn't it a common case when um, in Catholic uh, exorcism when they're trying to drive out demons mm. where the demon will go dormant for a yeah. long period of time yeah, that, in an attempt to, like, get the exorcist to think that they've succeeded? Yeah, that's, right? that's, that's one of yeah, the things. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the – I mean, that's why they take, like, months. I mean, the, 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 the case that the movie The Exorcism is based off of, look it up, there were several instances of – of that of that priest visiting that family and that boy that that it's based off of, you know the right actually is a really if you ever look for a movie that's a really good that really talks about this a lot the, the right with Anthony Hopkins does a really good job talking about this concept of that it takes a very long time and he's actually visiting somebody that he visits that he's visited for a very 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 long time it's the only movie that I've ever seen them address that accurately. Uh, so speaking of exorcism movies, I really like the movie The Last Exorcism. Yeah, and it's just and so I. So to me, whenever I see some of these one and dones, I'm always like, again, go look at our video over Latoya Amens. Uh, it's another example of it. I just, I'm hard pressed to believe that if they just stop and you just think, oh, it's over, because I don't know, Don Decker's life just kind of points that maybe there's other problems. I think that I'm going to have to, even though I'm somewhat on the fence, I'm going to slide into the possession camp for one detail. The. The odorous scent, like that stench of death that starts manifesting towards the end of the story, is very indicative of uh, of possession cases. And it's not really something you see present, to the best of my knowledge, in cases of like latent uh, psychic ability. So I think the clues line up in the direction of this guy was likely possessed by something. Maybe, maybe not a demon, I don't know, but... It seems like a possession case to me. I think the I think all the clues point more strongly that way. Now you know why I, why I wanted to do this particular case for for this particular month. I thought this would be a uh, an interesting. It's a really cool case, yeah. although a little bit of a stretch on the theme. But I, I'm really glad you did it anyways. It, it is counts. a cool case. But I'd love to know what you, uh, some of your. We'd love to know what some of your guys' thoughts are on the Don Decker case. Do you guys think this was it? Do you think this was just evidence of just? Water dam- uh, of ice damming, do you think that it was uh, a real possession case? Like, comment some of your thoughts on this below. Also, please stick around for the patron segment, guys, oh, yeah. because I've been dredging up some really strange stuff. Uh, we're going to be talking about the marine demonic kingdom and underwater Nephilim and maybe some other stuff. Maybe some other stuff. It might get a little bit spicy, so <laughs> stick around for stick this. Stick around one. for the patron part. Uh Again, leave us a review. Tell us what you guys thought uh, of the podcast. It's one of the best ways to help out the podcast. Don't forget to like. If you're listening on YouTube, subscribe. Hit the notification bell so you can get updated whenever we put up new episodes. But until next time, guys, keep believing. Because we'll keep listening. All right, guys. We're going to slide into the Pillow Talk 7 in this podcast. If you want to check out the rest of this awesome podcast, all I go is go over to our Patreon sign up. For as little as our month, you get the rest of this awesome podcast, as well as bonus episodes that we put up exclusively for our patrons. If you sign up for $2 more of a month, you actually get access to our poll to vote on the theme for next month. Currently winning right now is still nuclear paranormal phenomenon. 
So go over and uh, let your voices be heard on our poll. Okay. Now, I, I've got some questions for you at the beginning. <laughs> Have you ever heard of marine demons? Marine. Well, you brought up a little bit about water demons in the first part of the episode from South America and... But Africa? in a, in a more traditional Christian concept, because this is oh, a this demons. is a idea that comes well, like this this marine kingdom thing we're talking about, it comes specifically out of Christianity. Well, to be fair, in Christianity, everything's a demon. I mean, I mean <laughs> water of. demon, air demon. <laughs> but okay, okay. Um, I knew that you were talking about a possession right, case, and right. I wanted to find something complimentary and on theme. So I just started just using broad terms and searching to see what I would find. And I found, like, one random person talking about, like, underwater demons. And, like, I, I, I thought I'd found a worm. And then I started pulling it. And then I thought maybe I found a whole can of worms. And then I found a bathtub of worms. This is a huge concept. There's not a lot of people talking about it. But the people who are talking about it seem to be very in-depth about it. The, I found two people that are fairly famous. Um, Daniel Duval has talked on it, as well as... Jennifer LeClary. Um, Duval is basically a, um, a internet minister from what I can tell, talking about a lot of like very fringe ideas, a lot of the war with demons and things like that. Jennifer is um, more of kind of a modern prophetess. 